you want to quit for? He put you there to be a light in the midst of the darkness. Quit complaining. Let the light of Jesus Christ shine in that place so that people can see what Jesus is like when Jesus is persecuted in a place. You act like everybody else. What difference does your Christianity make? This is Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us. And as you can tell, we are in for a challenging message today as we begin a new short series entitled, Have You Said Grace, Grace Yet? You know, it's a great challenge from Pastor Ford a moment ago that we are often put in difficult circumstances. Maybe you're the only believer in your family or the only Christian in your workplace or you happen to go to school in a place that is hostile to Jesus, what are you complaining for? As Pastor Ford just said, maybe he's put you in that dark place because you're the person who's going to bring light. You're the person who's going to bring the gospel of Jesus to those around you. You know, I've heard it said that don't say I'm the only believer. Say I'm the first believer in this place. And maybe it's a challenge for us to make sure that our light does shine in such a way that those around us can say, what is it about you? And then we have the opportunity to introduce them to Jesus. That's a part of what we're looking at in today's broadcast. So join us in Zechariah chapter 4 as we begin the message, Have You Said Grace, Grace Yet? Here's Pastor Ford. We had gotten together and uh, organized uh, a men's choir and... uh, Uh, For the life of me, I still can't figure out why I always get involved with it, especially since y'all know that I can't sing. Uh, I do know the difference between uh, a piano key and a a car key, but uh, needless to say, we started this and it was a great camaraderie and I was biblical with my singing and, uh, you know, the Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And so I'm very biblical when I sing. As a matter of fact, my pastor, who has been here uh, on a myriads of occasion, who is a musician and a singer, said to me when he was standing beside me, Bo Ford, you're the only person I know that I've ever sung beside that's messed me up. (laughs) So you know I must be good. And what I do. Amen. And so we were introducing ourselves and, and uh, sharing a little bit about ourselves. And, and we had forgotten about the younger brothers, the, the shorties at that time. And our own brother Ed Gosa said, well, wait a minute. We miss the young people. Let them introduce themselves. And so uh, Joshua said, I'm Joshua Ross. And Joel said, I'm Joel Ross. And Brandon Warren said this. My name is Brandon Warren. I'm a future preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh. That's the message that I'm going to proclaim once he makes me a preacher. I wrote it down. I said, that will preach. Because what Brandon was saying is, don't look at me like I am right now. Uh, that, that is what is. But, but I need to focus you in not on what is, but on what shall be. Because one day, what shall be is going to do away with what is. So my focus is not on what I am now, but what God is going to make me. Because one day, it's going to be 
on like neck bones. That's what he was saying. And I begin to think about what we've already talked about with the Apostle Paul, remember? He's in prison. And in the book of Ephesians, it's called a what kind of epistle? A prison epistle. Wow. Amen. And so he's in his Roman imprisonment. And then two times in the book, Ephesians 3.1, Ephesians 4.1, what does he say? He's a prisoner of Caesar. He's in a Roman jail. But what does he say? I Therefore, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. See what he's saying? That's all I came to say today. I came to encourage myself to quit looking at your situation and then act according to your revelation. Because if you act according to your revelation, it'll cancel out your situation. And so there's some individuals up here right now. You're looking at your situation. Your house is in foreclosure. You better look at your revelation because your revelation is what shall be. Your situation is what is. And if you focus in on what shall be, it will cancel out what is because God has given you a promise. Your marriage is messed up and uh, you're looking at it and you're saying, I need a resurrection. Well, he's in the resurrection business. But if you look at what is, you're going to miss what shall be. Because if you focus on your revelation, it'll cancel. Is anybody in here hearing me? Does anybody know where I'm trying to, to go with this thing? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, do you live by your situation or do you live by your revelation? See, you got to understand that your aptitude, that is your comprehension about your revelation, your aptitude determines your attitude, which then controls your altitude. That is, if you're down, what you're doing down there. If you're under the circumstances, what you're doing under there. Uh, you should be more than a conqueror through him. That you're the head and not the tail. No weapon formed against you shall pro What are you doing under the circumstances? Yeah, so you got to change your mind. You got the mind of Christ, use it. And so whatever he tells you, you believe it. And what happens? That governs your attitude toward everything. Hmm. And so George Bernard Shaw said it this way. This, this is a great quote. I wish I had said it. I'm going to give him credit this time. I say this time. Some people see things that are and ask why. Others see things that are not and ask why not. Mm. See, some of you have dreams, aspirations, goals, and you've allowed haters to turn your dreams into nightmares. And what I've come to find out is this. Listen to me now. What people don't understand, they criticize. What people don't like, they ostracize. What people don't want, they minimize. What people don't care about, they marginalize. And so what happens is this. You share your dream, your vision with the wrong individual. And you know what they do? They talked enough trash to fill two hefty bags. 30 gallon and so now because you listen to them when they say you're too old to go back to school when they said you can't start a business in the midst of a recession uh, uh, when they say your marriage will never be able to come together because you're already divorced 
Yeah, when they say, your children will never come back to the Lord. What did God tell you? Who shall believe the report of the Lord? Don't you let them turn your little house on the prairie in the nightmare on Elm Street. See, you had a promise from God and you took your eyes off the vision and put them on the circumstances and now you're wondering what's going on. Well, I'll tell you what is, is keeping you from what shall be. So if you focus in on what shall be, it will overcome what is. See, if your situation can define you, it will confine you. I think I just said something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many Christians are locked in the prison of their own doubts. I told him this morning about Mary Cloud Bethune, uh, but you know that story already. She started Bethune-Cookman College uh, with $1.50 a pot-belly stove and went to Florida. And now you look at Bethune-Cookman, Google it. Look at all that's going on there and all the people that be, because somebody, and you know, and you remember now, she's the first African-American to ever graduate from the Moody Bible Institute, you see? And so she said, I'm going to do this thing. She, so she's used to being first. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. She's used to being first, you see? And so she goes down there and she only had a dollar. And they said, her husband, her husband said, I'm not going. She said, okay, well, you stay here because God told me to go. And she went. Because she had a promise. Hmm. I'll tell you the end of the story a little later. But anyway, she said, I'm not looking at my situation. I'm looking at my revelation. And you know what she was saying? The words of this text. Here's what it, sa here's what it says. And we're, we're talking about the context. Zechariah tells Zerubbabel, uh, here's what I want you to do. Look at that situation and shout, grace, grace. See it like it is. It's a mess. But say, grace, grace. <laughs> oh, man, I'm feeling this. I'm going to shout myself. Hallelujah. Because yeah, I'm looking at some situations and I'm saying, grace, grace. Now, I'm looking at some lack and I'm saying, grace, grace. I'm looking at some issues in my life that, I, that are overwhelming me. I'm saying, grace, grace. Yeah, I'm looking at my spouse. I'm saying, grace, grace. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I just articulated that for all of you, too, as well. Yeah, and so I believe he's saying to us, Grace, grace. It, it can be translated favor, favor. It can be translated beautiful, beautiful. It could be translated may God bless, may God bless. Now let me give you the context so that you can understand the content. What's the context? Now let me take you back, way back. The temple is in ruins right now. In 605 BC, uh, the first uh, deportation to Babylon happened. Then in 597, the second deportation to Babylon, that is, they came in, conquered them, took out captives. Then in 586 BC, Nebuchadnezzar came against Jerusalem, raised the city, R-A-Z-E-D, it, tore it down, destroyed Jerusalem, and took all of the mighty people into captivity. 
And so now they're in a captive land. 537 BC, 50,000 Jews return under Zerubbabel and Joshua, the high priests. Uh, then in 536, they laid the foundation for the temple. But in the same year, 536, the work stopped. Now, wait a minute. They had God's promise that they would be able to do it. They had God's presence and God's power. What's going on? Well, uh, the work stopped from 536 to 520 B.C. The work was interrupted. Just follow me real quick. Couldn't read it this morning. Didn't have enough time. But, you know, y'all ain't going anywhere, are you? You said not till 1 o'clock. <laughs> It's like uh, when I went up to Wisconsin in Bayfield, I, I asked Preacher Bob, I said, Preacher Bob, how long do I have to preach? He said, Pastor Ford, preach as long as you want. We leave at 12 o'clock. <laughs> hey, and I thought he was joking. No, he wasn't, Brother Roberts. No, he wasn't. Around about five minutes to 12, alarms start going off, watches start going. And I said, well, let me wrap it up right now. Amen. <laughs> well, we're going to hit the pause button, but he's going to get back into this teaching in just one moment. You're listening to a message here on Treasure Truth entitled, Have You Said Grace, Grace Yet? And if you want to make sure that you don't miss any of the broadcasts in this series, you can always come to our website where you can sign up to begin podcasting this program. You'll find the links you need when you come to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, let's get back to the message. Again, here is Pastor Ford. Ezra chapter 4. Let me read, read what's going on in Ezra chapter 4. Verse 4. Listen to what happened. In Ezra chapter 4, verse 4. Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So notice what happens. Uh, they, they have opposition. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You're going to have haters. I mean, they're, 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 it's an old McDonald's situation. Here a hater, there a hater. Everywhere a hater, a hater. I mean, they're everywhere. Don't look around. Don't look around. Don't look at the person next to you. Because you may be sitting by a hater. Some of us work with our haters. Some of us are sleeping with our haters. You know, you ain't no good. You just like your daddy and your daddy, daddy before him. So then what happens in Ezra chapter four, verse 24, here's what happens. Then ceased the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. So it ceased in the second year of the reign of Darius the king. Now what's going on? Then, then it says chapter, uh, chapter five, verse one. Then the prophets Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Edo, prophesied unto Jews that were in Judea and Jerusalem in the name of God of Israel, even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel and Joshua and on, and they began to build the house of the Lord. They started again. What was it? It was the intervention of Yahweh through two prophets. He's saying, I'm using these prophets to, to instigate you, uh, to, to spur you on, uh, to get you to get back into ministry, to get you to get back into doing what I call you to do, and to get back to whatever it was that you were called to that you let somebody run you away from. 
Folk talk about God told me to do this. You, you ever hear it? Let me do it this way because I, I don't want anybody to think I'm talking about them. You ever, you ever, you ever come in and say, hallelujah, praise the Lord, he got me a job. Then two years later, come and talk about, y'all got to pray for me because I need another job. I mean, them people on that job, they a mess. I mean, ain't no Christians up in there. And I'm telling you, I'm about tired of this mess. You know, now, two years ago, oh, hallelujah, God got me a job. Now, all of a sudden, since you found out everybody in there ain't going to like you and everybody in there, why do you think God put you there? What you want to quit for? He put you there to be a light in the midst of the darkness. Quit complaining. Shut your face and bloom where you're planted. Let the light of Jesus Christ shine in that place so that people can see what Jesus is like when Jesus is persecuted in a place. You act like everybody else. What difference does your Christianity make? Yeah. Just bloom where you planted. And so what happens now? With the intervention of these two prophets, Haggai deals with the sins of the people. Now, what was the main reason they stopped? Selfishness. Because God gave them stuff to do his ministry with, and they went out and bought new flat screen HD. He gave them stuff to support missions, and they went and got a new iPad. He gave them stuff so that we could minister to these youth in this community. But they went and changed their Evo for an iPhone so they can look at the folk that they talking to. <laughs> and so Haggai deals with their sins. Now, chapter one, he deals with it. And, and he says, listen, you got holes in your pocket. You're working harder than you ever worked, but you ain't got nothing. That's because you robbing God. Talking about you robbing God. How you rob him? in tithes and offerings. So you know what that means? Some of y'all rode the church in a stolen car because the car note was, was God's tithe money. Some of y'all got on stolen clothes because the clothes you got on, you bought with God's tithe money. Yeah, I tell you all the time. And he's saying to them, I gave it to you, but you spent it on something I didn't tell you to spend it on. So I tell you all the time, what's, what's the good news and the bad news? What's the good news? All the money this church needs to do everything we need done to hire us a full-time youth pastor, to hire us a full-time marriage counselor, to hire us all these individuals that we need. Every penny is right up in here, up in here, up in here, up in here. That's the good news. You know what the bad news is? It's in y'all pocket. That's the bad news. And so you come to worship with the three books. Come on, what are they? Bible book, hymn book, checkbook. There you go. So Haggai was dealing with their sin, but Zechariah was dealing with their situation. That is, all these individuals, the naysayers, it can't be done. I'm breaking camp. I'm getting out of here. We'll see you wouldn't want to be. So here's what Zechariah says. In this kind of situation, I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know who's telling you it can't be done. I don't know who's telling you that God doesn't abandon you. But I'm here to tell you what Zechariah told Zerubbabel. He said, my word is sufficient. And so he gives him a vision. Now, this is the fifth vision that he's had so far in uh, these four chapters. Fifth vision. So in this vision, let me give you the outline so that if you want to go to sleep, uh, you'll be able to talk intelligently after the sermon. 
in verse 1, you have the preparation for the vision. In verses 2 through 5, you have the presentation of the vision. Verses 6 through 10, you have the proclamation about the vision. So you have the preparation for the vision, presentation of the vision, proclamation about the vision. Now the key to the whole thing is the vision. It's the word that God has given. So here's what he's saying. Now you got to have a promise from God first of all. Okay, it's not like I do research. So I've done like maybe uh, in the last month, I did three singles conferences, about two marriage conferences. So I always get information for them because, you know, I don't keep up with everything unless I talk to people about what's going on. And so I was asking them, what are some of the phenomenons? And they said, well, two phenomena. One is that married men are taking their rings off and unmarried women are putting rings on. And I said, well, explain that to me. You don't have to explain the first one. I know why a married man takes his ring off. But why would a single woman put on a ring? Because she don't want to be bothered with nobody. So she put the ring on to perpetrate. Say, oh. So what about the brothers that only like to mess with married women? Anyway, I just asked a question. Let me get back to the text. So the key then is this. Keep the promise first and foremost in your thinking. Why? It's the basis for everything else. In Zechariah 1.1, here's what it says. Zechariah 1.1. Zechariah, uh, uh, the son of Barakiah, the son of Edo. Now, why does he put them there? To let us know which Zechariah it is, of course. But names have meaning in Scripture. So what does Zacharias mean? Zachariah means the Lord remembers. What does Barakiah mean? The Lord blesses. And what does Edo mean? At the appropriate time. So get this. Here's what he's saying. Zechariah 1.1. The Lord remembers and he blesses us at the appointed time. Well, it's really a message of hope today here on Treasured Truth, a sermon from Pastor Ford entitled, Have You Said Grace, Grace Yet? Well, there's a lot more to come in the short series, but you can always request every program in this little series when you come to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, when was the last time that you heard a teaching on the book of Zechariah? You know, it's one of those Old Testament books that so often gets overlooked, but here on Treasured Truth, we strive to teach from every portion of the Bible, and if you appreciate this ministry and you want to see it continue, well, the best way that you can show your support is to become a monthly partner. Your ongoing financial gifts are what make this program possible right here on the station. You can become a monthly partner today when you call 888-644-7660 or simply come to our website, treasuretruthradio.org. When you become a monthly partner by auto gift at a level of $30 or more, we're going to say thanks with a 50% discount to the entire library of resources from Moody Publishers. You know, it's the perfect place that you can look for materials related to today's study in Zechariah. The discount also applies to all the other books, DVDs, CDs, and other resources. And your financial support will make a drastic difference as we present God's Word here on your station and all across the U.S., so contact us today and become a monthly partner and take advantage of this offer. Again, our number is 888-644-7660 or come to our website, treasuretruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios, and I hope you'll join us Wednesday as Pastor Ford continues his study in Zechariah right here on Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.